Good evening, and welcome to Blendertainment. I'm your host, Andy Colvin. Money in the Bank 2021 is in the books, and good God, what a show. Started off with the kickoff show, where the Usos became seven-time SmackDown Tag Team Champions by defeating Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Now, I'm not going to run down the match because, well, what I saw was pretty good. Uh, I ate, I ate some nachos, so I saw, I missed the first few minutes of the match, but uh, I did come back for the majority. Um, I have thought maybe the Usos would win. Actually, the way that I thought that the whole pay-per-view was going to end did not come to fruition. I predicted in my NoDQ column that um, the Usos were going to win, Roman was going to retain, which they both did, but I said that they would be standing above Edge and the Mysterios to close the show. That did not happen, but I'll get to the show closer later. And well, I'll just get to it later. God damn, what a show closer. <laughs> now we kicked off the show with the money and the women's money in the bank ladder match. That match. I predicted I predicted either Liv Morgan or a returning Becky Lynch as was the scuttlebutt and even this afternoon Becky posted on her Instagram about um, you know she did some expert trolling about um saying about Texas being real nice and sure would be a shame if somebody disrupted that ladder match well A for effort there because she swerved us uh, she did not show up Nikki Ash formerly Nikki Cross won the money in the bank match You know, Ash stands for almost a superhero. Um, yeah, you're probably like, yeah, of course we knew that, Andy. Um, for a while there, I did not. I was like, why do they call her Ash? And then they were like, I was like, oh yeah. You know, when Michael Cole would say it. But uh, anyway, it was probably a... Uh, match it was fine and I am glad that Nikki won I honestly figured that um, actually I didn't know who was going to win I, I was kind of I was hoping that somebody new would win so I'm glad that Nikki did win 
the next match was for the Raw Tag Team Championship. The Viking Raiders challenged AJ Styles and Omos. I knew that the Viking Raiders wasn't gonna win weren't gonna win this match. You knew the Viking Raiders weren't gonna win this match. It wasn't a blowout match. It wasn't a brush off match, it was a hard fought match, which was pretty cool. It's it was also probably a B match. You know, this pay-per-view as a whole. I liked it, and okay, one of the things that I liked, um, I knew, again, I knew that Bobby Lashley was going to successfully defend the WWE Championship against Kofi Kingston, but I was unclear on how the match was going to go and I'm glad that well no actually it was the Edge Roman match I was a little surprised that how good that was this match man they straight clown Kofi they just it wasn't as bad as when you lost the WWE Championship to Brock Lesnar, but you knew, well, you knew from the announcement that this match was going to take place, you knew from jump that Kofi was not beating Bobby Lashley, and it was, it became more apparent as the night went on that he would not win yes they yes the fans in attendance and how long has it been since I've been able to say that the fans in attendance man it was great to have a fan filled arena again for the first time in so long The fans welcomed Kofi with a huge ovation. Kofi, um, was, um, he went at it with a fury at the start, but, um, Bobby Lashley, the Almighty, showed exactly why he was and is Almighty with a with answering Kofi's early flurry with a series with the same series of dominance that has defined his title reign he okay let's it's not sugar-coated he beat the living crap out of Kofi pummeled punished and obliterated Cody Kofi Freudian slip <laughs> um, using his hurt locker and a series of dominators one more hurt lock and Lashley took the blowout victory if this 
this was like the way I described this on my Twitter at Andy Sullivan 12 by the way I said and I'm aware this is a huge knock to Kofi this is like maybe I didn't tweet this maybe I just texted this to a friend I said this is like if Barry Horowitz got a WWE title shot I mean you guys remember the the what was it 8 seconds he lasted against Brock Lesnar in losing the title well at least it was better than that not much I mean, we're talking about a D match here. You could have went and got something to drink. What the heck win this match? You could have you could have took a break because I mean there was a lot of goodwill for Kofi when he entered the match, but uh Good Lord. He just got demolished. Speaking of demolished, well, maybe not demolished, Rhea put her Raw Women's title on the line against Charlotte. I knew, and anybody with a pulse knew, that Charlotte Flair would eventually become Raw Women's Champion, and tonight was the night. She got number 14. She'll, she will eventually pass her father in title wins, right? I mean, it's, but, you know, John Cena's got to pass it first, right? Or will he? I mean, oh, I just spoiled it, didn't I? Well, I'll get to it later. The match, though, I mean, match was really good. It was the best match of the night so far and it's not even close. Now the men's money in the bank match was next. Match 7 of 8. And I've got a little problem with this. Not problem with who won the match. I love who won the match. And I'll get to that in a bit. But I have a problem with the Peacock app. Um, it crashed a few minutes into the match. Um, eventually did come back but um, where the match was John Morrison, Riddle, Seth Rollins, Big E, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, Kevin Owens, and Drew McIntyre. Owens took a nasty bump that him, hobbled him early while Rollins and Morrison forced a short old short-lived lines. I that one kind of blew my mind. 
Riddle delivered an RKO to Rollins. McIntyre flattened the former champ with a Claymore kick. But, um, and you knew this was going to happen because they're setting up for a SummerSlam match between Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre. Jinder Mahal, Veer, and Shanky hit the ring and attacked the former champ, driving him to the back. Ricochet, you knew that Ricochet was going to turn out, and man, did he ever. He kicked ass all his, he put his high flying to very good use in this match. And Owen stunned everybody, delivering a pop of power bomb, power bomb to Ricochet. But Rollins stopped his momentum, injured his leg, and power bombed him through a ladder propped between the ring and announce table. And yet Big E pop up, stop Rollins' ascent to the ladder. With a huge big ending, a big ending off the freaking ladder, people. Biggie retrieved the briefcase for the win, and I was up on my feet here in the basement the whole time that this whole sequence was going on. I pu- I've been pulling for Biggie from the start. He was my pick to win it. I know that wasn't really going out on a limb. I think it was a lot of people's pick to win it. But it was the right conclusion to a crazy, fun, wild, and action-packed match. Drew being taken out was the right call to set up Drew and Gender at SummerSlam, and the backstory between those two is. Well, the backstory between those two is very rich. Now we come to the last match of the evening Edge and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And at the end of the match, two matches were set for SummerSlam. So at the end of this pay per view, we have got three matches set for SummerSlam. I can't remember the last time I was able to say that after a WWE pay-per-view, we have building blocks to the next one. Because they don't usually do that anymore. But anyway, let's get to this main event. Because... I knew the outcome. You knew the outcome. We all knew that Roman Reigns was going to successfully defend the Universal Championship. But what we didn't know, or maybe we did, because I mean, Edge is a Hall of Famer after all. It wasn't like he was just gonna lay down. We knew it was gonna be a great match. We knew it was going to be 
a fantastic match. And it was. <clears throat> Excuse me. The um, the crowd was alive and energized from the opening bell, which is what you want. The crowd the crowd was hot for the majority of the show. Edge countered a Superman punch with a backslide. That was that was, that was pretty cool. He capitalized on a prone champion stomping away at the corner. From there he applied a STF in a nice nod to rumors regarding John Cena's impending return, which Honestly, I didn't even think about that. The challenger took took off across the ring for a spear, but the tribal chief grabbed hold for a guillotine. That did not end the match. Uh, They went to the outside... Back in, Superman Punch leveled Edge, who bumped the referee. The Raider R Superstar used a piece of chair to apply the crossface, as as has been the M.O. of the last few weeks. The Usos, again, um, props to the Usos for winning the tag team titles earlier on the kickoff show, but... I don't think their program with the Mysterios is done because the Mysterios cut the Usos off when they tried to interfere. Then Seth Rollins came from out of nowhere and took Edge down with a super kick. Edge delivered a spear but couldn't put the champ away. Uh, Rollins interfered again. This time, drawing Edge's attention long enough for Reigns to deliver his own version, his own spear, for the win. Edge and Rollins brought out of the arena. Paul Heyman got in the ring, was handed Roman Reigns the mic. Roman Reigns started talking junk and then John Cena's music hit y'all holy shit (laughs) and if you haven't looked up on Twitter um, the Pat McAfee and Michael Cole call of John Cena's return. <laughs> it, it was pretty funny. Um, I won't spoil that for you, but it was pretty good. And um, that was also um, you know, I said that 
they set up two matches for SummerSlam in this main event. Well, the two matches are Seth Rollins versus Edge for SummerSlam, which, yes, give me that. And apparently, John Cena versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And you know what? Give me that. Yeah, I want to see that. Can you imagine the epic promos with these two guys? I mean, the back and forth verbally is going to be crazy. It's going to be awesome. It's going to make SmackDown's going to be really, really good for the next few weeks. That, um, that's going to wrap up my Money in the Bank post-show pod. Um, only 20 minutes tonight because, well, well, that's the show. But, uh, hope you guys, uh, Enjoy Raw and SmackDown and AEW this week. And if you got anything that you want me to cover, um, just shoot me a tweet at AndySullivan12 and I'll get right on it. Well, for next week's episode. And let's see. Um, oh, other stuff. John Mayer's album, Sob Rock, was released. I have not listened to it yet, but um, I have heard the sing with Marin Morris, it's good. And I did hear and see John on The Tonight Show Friday night. Which was good. Um, he sang Shouldn't, Shouldn't Matter, but it does. And the album, also is, like I said, it has uh, Last, Train Home, Last Train Home that he did with Marin Morris on backing vocals. Um, New Light the song that he had on um, he had that on a previous album I believe I think it was his Battle Studies album Mm. don't hold me to that Here, I'll, I'll look it up for you right now. And you're like, oh, it's another one of those classic Andy looking stuff up while he does his podcast and making us wait for. Let's see, uh, John Mayer, New Light. 
What do you expect for, I mean, it's called Sawbrock. It's basically, um, it's basically a, a, a nod to 80s rock, which was awesome. Um, okay, here we go. It was, uh, just a single that he released. Um, oh God. May 10th, 2018, he released it. Hmm. Okay, so I knew it was a long time, but um, I'd forgotten that it was that long. So, um, check out Sawbrock. That's my music pick of the week. And, um, pretty much, that, that's pretty much it. Um, Money in the Bank, great show. Um, and, for the first time in quite a while, I'm pretty pumped to see what WB does next, where they go next with uh, with Raw and with SmackDown, how they handle the how they handle the briefcase winners. Now, what I would do um, as far as Big E. Okay, they're going to do, they're probably going to do Cena and Reigns at SummerSlam, which is going to be massive. I would have Reigns win, and Big E come out and cash in then. Or at least, or at least have, uh, at least have Roman Reigns go on way longer with his title reign. Um, he, uh, actually it would have to be after SummerSlam, wouldn't it? Because if he were to make... 365 days. Let's see, he's at what, 320? 21, that 321 now, I think. Um, so 30, 40, 50, 60. So 46 or 7 days. And he'll hold the record. Well, he probably already holds the record for longest Universal Champion, doesn't he? Well, Probably second place would be Brock Lesnar. I don't remember how long Brock held the title, but and when he does finally lose it, that's gonna that's gonna be a little weird because the first thing will be, well, when's he gonna get it back? Because as soon as he loses it, he's gonna go right for that rematch for the next pay-per-view. 
and of course you're gonna get it unless he pulls a Kenny Omega now Kenny Omega he is I just saw yesterday well right now it's technically well technically it's still Sunday now so yes yesterday I watched um, the rebellion pay-per-view where um, Kenny Omega beat Rich Swan and just won all the titles well apparently that's not enough because I think Kenny's gonna go somewhere else and win their title. Oh, and also, um, I didn't, um, I didn't cover Slammiversary. And since I covered since I did the Slammiversary predictions in my ODQ column, it's only fair that I run through Slammiversary in this column. Now, I did not see Slammiversary. But apparently there were a lot of comebacks, a lot of returns, um, which that is their, that is their show of the returns. Uh, Juice Robinson, David Finley came out and attacked Switchblade, who came to confront Kenny Omega. So the arrivals at Impact, well, at least for Slammiversary, were. Chelsea Green, No Way Jose, who was mystery tag team partner for the tag team title match for Falaba. Thunder Rosa, who ended up being the mystery opponent for Bianca Peraza. I really wasn't thinking of Thunder Rosa there. I was, I thought, I had a pie in the sky, pie in the sky thought that maybe Mickey James, which she did show up. So, you know, I, I don't know where that's gonna lead either. So Impact is going to be very interesting this week to see what happens there. The Kenny Omega and Jay White. That's gonna be... That's gonna be incredible, however that goes. And... There's the Kenny Omega and Andrade coming up. Just... A lot of good things and Kenny Omega and Hangman I didn't even mention that um, Hangman Adam Page and Dynamite 
confronted Kenny and he said how about you get your guys and I'll get mine and we'll have a tag match and if my guys win I get a world title shot and the Dark Order gets a tag team title shot Kenny said okay but if I win you're gone or if we win you're gone so clearly whenever this match happens which I'm gonna say is in the next few Dynamites clearly Hangman's team is gonna win so you can get two matches for All Out the main event, Hangman Page going after the world title again. This time against Kenny Omega, of course. As you'll remember, as you'll remember, Hangman was in the very first world title match with Chris Jericho when Jericho was crowned the first world champion. And also, like I say, if Hangman and Dark Order win, Dark Order get a tag team title shot. So that's, I'm assuming Hangman wins, Hangman's team wins, so we can get those two title matches at All Out in August. Man, August is August, August is going to be huge. You'll have SummerSlam and you'll have All Out. And also at All Out, you're going to have Chris Jericho versus MJF. Now, the deal is Jericho gets another match with MJF if he can defeat everyone that MJF puts in front of him. Of course he will. I mean, we're gonna have that match, right? So that's two matches that we know that we're gonna get, but we don't know how we're gonna get there. So that is going to be the fun, seeing how we're gonna get there. And Jericho's feats begin this week in a chairs match against is it Sean Spears I think and Spears is the only one who can use the chair but you know Jericho will find a way to win that he'll find a way to win all these matches okay so that's that's my Dynamite review. That's my Money in the Bank review. Um, my music pick. And that's pretty much all I got for you tonight. Um, I'll check back in with you next week. And... Oh. Oh, one, one more thing. One more thing. Um... I finished 
finally finished reading, um, let's see, I finally finished reading reading Love is a Choice, the definitive book on letting go of unhealthy relationships by Robert Hold on, let me get this. Robert Hemfelt. The book it was a good book. Um, it was a hard book because um, well the subtitle is The Definitive Book of Letting Go of Unhealthy Relationships and the reason the reason that my sister recommended this book to me was because I had a quote unquote friend who well, that was an unhealthy relationship, and got out of that, was no fun, um, but, you know, this book will take you step by step on how to let go of these unhealthy relationships. It's a good book with a great message fantastic book with some great truths you'll um, you'll enjoy it uh, you'll find it especially useful if you're going through a tough time as I've been and that's yeah that uh, that that is my last book that I have read my current see currently I have read Currently, I have read 190 books. I don't remember when I started on this site. And I don't remember how many books I've read in 2021. And I probably wouldn't tell you if I did because it would be an embarrassing amount. I like to read one book at a time instead of... Well, I did start with two books at a time. Uh, I started with uh, So You Want to Start a Podcast by Kristen Menzer. I have not gotten back to that book yet, but uh, hey, I started this podcast last November and I think it's going pretty good, so maybe I don't need to get back to it. And I do have, um, I actually already have my next book. I actually already have my next book decided. Um, it's, uh, it's James Patterson and Bill Clinton's new book. Um, called... President's daughter, or the president's daughter is missing. I believe it is. 
it's just the president's daughter. Now, the first one was called The President is Missing, but um, I don't think they wanted to go through with the is missing for all of their books. And, yeah, I think they're going to do a few. I think this is going to be a series. And I like the first one. I'll get to the President's Daughter book here in, well, it'll be my next book that I read. And it's a long book, so it's probably going to be a while. But, um, going back to, going back to Love is a Choice. I think that everybody, especially if you're going through some tough relationship times, needs to read that book. I think you'll get some good out of it. I think you'll get a lot of good out of it, actually. And that is where I leave you. I hope that you enjoy listening to this edition of this podcast, uh, whatever you're doing. I hope you'll, um, wherever you can do it, I hope you'll subscribe or add or like and tell your friends about it and come back next week. Three things. Be cool, be kind, be courageous. Kind of uh, rip that off from Michael DeBar of Little Stevens Underground Garage. Give uh, credit where credit's due there. And um, I will talk to you guys next week. Um, later. This has been Blendertainment. I am your host, Andy Sullivan. Check y'all later.